Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into The Disaster Artist in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. For all of those fans of The Room, not the Brie Larson Oscar-winning film Room from a couple of years ago, but Tommy Wiseau's The Room, uh, heralded as one of the worst films ever made, but generally referred to in a glorious fashion, uh, the greatest worst film uh, coined by some people and, and many, many other hyperbolic statements are made about that movie. And for myself, you know, I haven't seen The Room ever until this week. I saw it for the first time just a few days ago in preparation for The Disaster Artist. And I didn't really... I, I'd heard people talk about it. I'd never seen clips from it. I didn't know what to expect. And what what I ended up watching was... It was, I mean, it's awful. If you've seen it, it's awful. It's really bad. It's poorly made. Uh, I believe I my initial response was something to the effect of, you know, I, I can't even single one thing out as being terrible because everything is just so terrible. And that's kind of where I'm still at, like even thinking about it now and thinking about it in the context of The Disaster Artist. It's difficult. It's a difficult movie, and it's long, man. It feels so long. So, that being said, uh, I went into The Disaster Artist uh, pretty excited because I rem- I saw the first trailer, none of the ones after that, and I thought that was really funny. thought that was good. I was excited to see the behind-the-scenes from this movie and get a humorous take on the people involved in making it and just understanding their motivations and understanding how various issues arose and why they were uh, met with the solutions that we ultimately see when you look, watch the room. And that just, it just, there's, there, like, when you watch the room, you kind of get this sense, like, well, there has to be some incredible story as to how so many things could go so wrong. And to a certain degree, there is. You know, uh, the disaster artist does give us a lot of background on Tommy Wiseau, on Greg Sestero, and many of the other people involved in making this movie. We get some insight into Wiseau and Sestero, who are the principal characters in the film and the principal driving forces behind making the movie. And that's good. You know, that's kind of what you need. Uh, it as you know, you you don't want this movie to turn into a documentary where it's literally just them recreating the movie. Like, that's not interesting. And so the film backs up a lot further than when the movie started to be made and shows Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero meeting, shows them becoming friends, shows them going to Hollywood, shows them trying to be actors and trying to be celebrities and stars and, and famous and failing quite miserably to the extent where they realize that the only true way to be in a movie is to make it themselves. And so they do that. They, they, Wiseau writes a script, he directs it, he's the star, Sestero is the second male lead, 
they hire way too many people for way too much money, you know, why so reportedly spent like six plus million dollars making this movie and it doesn't show <laughs> you can't tell but just the the bulk of this movie is so funny it's it's so referential if you uh, if you've seen the original if you've seen the room you know franco is a perfect why so he is absolutely fantastic uh embodying and emulating Tommy Wiseau and and Johnny in the room and the cast around him is extremely large and mostly talented mostly used but you know like most of the but on the other side like characters like Alison Brie, Ari Grainer, uh Jackie Weaver uh you know most of these char- big names that you could see headlining other films uh, or you know playing like pretty sizable supporting roles don't get more than like two scenes three scenes at max you know they're really shuffled off to the side of the stage and it really is just the Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero show and and that's to the benefit and loss of the film you know there are definitely aspects of that relationship and that dynamic that are brilliant there's a scene uh, when they're filming uh, one of the scenes from the room, which involves Sestero and Wiseau playing football together, they're man, that is a fantastic scene. That is it, that's a fantastic scene in the Disaster Artist. It, it it's poignant, it's emotional, it's raw, and and it you know it's easily the best scene for Dave Franco. One of James Franco's better moments as well, and it really hammers home how complicated and tough the relationship between these two guys was. Whereas, you know, you look at some of the stuff early on in the movie, you know, we spend 20 minutes getting to know these characters, getting them to Hollywood, failing at Hollywood, and there's a lot of kind of like wasted moments in that sequence. Uh, Some standout parts for sure, but you know, you've if you've seen the trailers, it seems, it feels like a far more raucous movie. It feels like a movie that is going to kind of jump out of the gate. And this is a movie that takes its time. And it's not always a bad thing, but I, I think there's a little a bit of a trimming that could have been done, particularly early on in the movie. Furthermore, while I would definitely put it in like one of my one of the funniest movies I've seen this year. Uh, it had me laughing the most uh, of r- recent films I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, you know, you know, Lady Bird is is also incredibly funny. Um, I'm not sure what else I can think of. To tell you the truth, uh, you know, I mean, I just saw Jumanji recently. Like that was fairly funny. I mean, it's not on this level, but it's fairly funny. But the problem with the disaster artist, and I heard the same, a similar critique on a on a different show, is that it try it has to balance parody and homage and and cruelty, these three elements, because it's definitely an homage. You know, it's it's very clear to me that 
despite some of the scenes in this movie that really make you laugh at Tommy Wiseau for his accent, his looks, his demeanor, his whatever, uh, at the end of the day, I do feel like this is a movie that wants to pay respect to the cult following that he created. Secondly, I think that it has to try to manage its parody aspect because, in a sense, it is recreating the room in a lot of ways. There's an ending montage that plays the original scenes from the room and the recreated scenes using the cast from The Disaster Artist next to each other and and shows you the you know more prominent, better Hollywood actors trying to make those scenes. And so you have to be you have to be aware of the parody element of this movie too. And I think the film succeeds in that sense. I think it shows that on one side you can't really make the room again even if you've even if you're trying, but on the other side you can poke fun at it. It, it is possible to draw humor and, and insight from that element. But the third thing is the troubling aspect, and that's the cruelty. So despite the homage, despite the parody, there are a lot of points in this movie where you are just laughing at Tommy Wiseau, at Greg Sestero, at the cast, at the movie. And while I think when... I think people who enjoy and love The Room and people who like to watch The Room and laugh at that, they aren't cruel, being cruel about that. That's not, you know, they, those those are the people who, like, appreciate that Wiseau made that movie. They are happy that it exists. They are happy that they can watch this movie and it's incredibly funny and they kind of push past the idea that he, it's, it's not, exa- it's not quite, how do I say it's those are the people who respect the movie and you know they know that Wiseau was trying to make a good movie he didn't and uh, however much of that fault is his own at the end of the day what he did have does have and has created is a movie that people enjoy watching bar none this movie the disaster artist suffers from I think it's it's summed up kind of early on when Wiseau is taking an acting is getting acting advice, and he's you know this uh, teacher tells him you know hey you could be a good villain, you got a face for a villain, and he's like no 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 I'm a hero, and you know he he's acting and this whole class is laughing at him, and he he you know he takes it as anyone would, you know, offense, he takes great offense to this, and, you know, he makes this very astute point that they're all laughing, and that's what a villain does, and that's incredibly true, like, the heroes don't laugh at the villains, you know, the villain laughs at the hero, the villain enjoys it when the hero fails, when the hero can't succeed, and there's this part of this movie that I just I can't move past because I do think that there are points where you are just laughing at him and at his movie and that's 
that's it. That's all there is to that aspect of it. He has failed spectacularly. And I think rather than, you know, laughing in a sort of joyous, revelatory way, a lot of the humor from this film is derived from making fun of Tommy Wiseau and The Room. Which, it's tough. It's tough to straddle that line. You know, we've seen plenty of movies made about, uh, you know, failures to to coin, to make, use that term. Um, one I think of that makes that's a good parallel to this is Ed Wood, uh, Tim Burton's film starring Johnny Depp about the director Ed Wood, who was equally as bad a director. And I think with Ed Wood, you are rooting for his characters to, su- to succeed. You can, you know, it's not a case of when he fail, you know, he when he fails, it's still funny, but you want him to succeed. And when he fails, it's it's sort of like a consolation prize, like, man, he was close. But when they do it with Tommy Wiseau, you don't want him to succeed. Because if he succeeds, it's not funny anymore. And that is, I think, a part of this movie, and a part of just like the story in general. I don't think you can ever really come at this and make it a comedy without having that be part of it. Because there's a brilliant scene, and like there's really, I don't know, it's tough to like avoid and like say that there's really spoilers for this, but there's a scene toward the end of the movie where the they're screening the version of the, the movie The Room, and Wiseau and Sister are watching it, uh, the Francos, and you have this packed house, packed theater, and you know at first there's, and and, and okay, th- like this is definitely a, a moment that I think resonates more if you don't know it's coming and aren't prepared for it. So skip ahead like a minute if you don't want to know what happens. But so what happens? Here's what happens. This whole, a whole crowd is watching this, the movie, and as it starts to play, you know, you're seeing scenes of it, you're seeing the crowd, the crowd is noticeably upset, uh, you see the people, the actors, like, coming, like, man, I can't believe I was in this, oh no, like, this is my scene, it's coming off so poorly, and then there's this point where the, the, the sort of, the straw breaks, and the crowd just starts laughing, roar, uproarious laughter, and, you know, even the audience, like, watching it at, now the disaster artists are laughing and then this the camera cuts to James Franco as why so and he's not laughing he's crying because this is a movie he has poured so much into and it has not yielded the result he wanted it has not gotten him it is not good nobody thinks it's good uh we don't know what he thinks in this moment you know he's obviously very disappointed in what's happened but I think it's definitely uh, com- complicated as to whether he's disappointed in what he made or if he's more disappointed in how people have reacted to it. Maybe he thinks he's been sabotaged this whole time by the people he's worked with, his crew, his friends, his, the actors, etc. And that is such a poignant moment because that is what's happening in this movie. When you watch this movie, you are just laughing at it. And then at some point, it just stops feeling good. And I don't know how to... It's tough to reconcile that emotion in this movie. Um, so, 
All that being said, I think James Franco is great. I think the adaptation, like making this a movie based on the novel, which I haven't read, uh, goes by the same name, The Disaster Artist, turning like this sort of structureless film into a movie, I think is so well written. Uh, It's not... It's not like the best screenplay around, but I think it was definitely a challenge to get from what we see in the room to supposedly this not the book that came out to what we see because there are definitely a lot of structural uh, strengths, particularly once you start once they start filming the room. Uh, some of the stuff around those parts I didn't care for, but a lot of it I enjoyed. Likewise, this is one of the biggest ensemble casts around uh, even though a lot of them just don't get enough to do but the names uh, I'm going to do I have to do a statistics episode for this movie because uh, I checked after I finished putting in the numbers and there are 40 actors who on my spreadsheet that are credited in this movie it's absolutely absurd so that's a big big issue and I I liked this movie. I'm upset about the way that the movie doesn't want us to root for Tommy Wiseau, but I don't know how it could. I, I don't know how it can't be a comedy that way. If we're going to root for him, it has to be more of a drama than it already is. So it's a successful film. I think it's going to do really well. I think a lot of people are going to come out and see it. And I think that's great. Uh, I think Franco's good. I think the screenplay's good. But at the end of the day, I think the movie is... Oh, I think the movie's fine, and I like it. But it's not a great movie, in my opinion. It's not an amazing movie. It's not even a really good movie. It's just good. It's just flat good. So for that reason, uh, I gave it a score of 63, which is fairly solid. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it puts it, uh, puts it in the top 100 movies I've seen this year, but definitely much closer to the bottom of that list than the top. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, I still think if you've seen The Room, I think you're going to enjoy watching this movie, bar none. Uh, I would say don't go see this if you haven't seen The Room. I think there's just too many in-jokes, too many references that you just won't enjoy it as the way you will if you've seen The Room. And just, man, the cameos, they're fucking everywhere. I just, at looking down the list of names attributed to this movie, there are so many people that IMDb and Letterboxd credits as playing themselves or playing a cameo that I didn't realize or didn't see. Uh, I don't know if that may actually be part of like a variation of the edit. I don't know, but it's there's, there's a ton of people in it. Even you know the ones I could remember, there's still a ton of people in it. So it's a I recommend it, but definitely go see the room first. Uh, so that's the disaster artist, and that's gonna be today's episode. Uh, it's not super long. Uh, but the statistics episode will be pretty long, so given how many actors are in it, so be prepared.
prepared for that. And let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, a couple of things. Um, so I mentioned, I've mentioned on previous episodes about Patreon and how they've changed their formatting. I haven't figured out a best, the best way to uh, combat this yet. So uh, I, I don't, I, I'm still working on that. I, I would prefer to spare you, the listeners, the, the patrons, potential patrons, whoever. I'd rather that you guys get the best end of the deal than myself, and particularly Patreon. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, so, But I've also heard a lot of backlash from other people about the changes they're making. Uh, so I suppose there's a chance that things could be reverted. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on that and try to figure out an alternative. But there's not a great system of alternatives for Patreon, for things like a podcast. And another of the things I'm toying around with is just kind of doing away with that aspect of it altogether. You know, I don't... uh, I guess, I guess, I guess, ultimately just kind of saying to the effect of, you know, I don't think... Like, I'm not, you know, I, I don't I do not do this to monetize it, so it doesn't have to be something that I'm monetizing in that way, and it's not yielding, you know, it's not like I'm pulling, you know, raking in money left and right here, so it's not a loss to just not have a way for this to happen, you know? It's much more impactful to me to see you know, more listeners, more downloads, like that means more to me uh, than than the money does. So I'm still working on that. If I do find a better solution, I'll implement it. Uh, for now, you know, the Patreon's still up, but uh, I, I would say proceed with caution and make sure you fully understand the charges that Patreon is going to charge you because the system is changing and it's worse for you if you are a patron of something else. And, like, I, I'm a patron of other things, so I'm going to have to keep an eye on that as well for myself because that might have to affect the money I'm giving to people, and I don't want it to, but that's the, that's just the way things are. Uh, so that's that. Um, besides that, uh, if you'd like to get in contact, uh, I was recently contacted by... Uh, another member of the Cinerealist Fantasy Movie League, Keel Music, who reached out to me and shared with me his top 250 movie list. Uh, I was super appreciative of that. Thank you so much, uh, Keel Music, if you're listening. Kyle, his name's Kyle. And that is much appreciated. Uh, anyone who wants to do that, you can uh, send me an email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. Uh, you can... Uh, you know, at me on Twitter, at Circle of Film. Those are the best two ways. Uh, if you want to get in touch, do that. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, or answers, you know, send those. I'm receptive to everything. If you want to check out more stuff, uh, I gotta announce that I added uh, a new page to the Circle of Film website. Uh, in preparation for the upcoming uh, deep dive into the spreadsheet, I have added a under the about section. If you click on the spreadsheet link, 
there is a now a huge document that outlines pretty much all the things I could think of in a vague sense to describe what is ha the information that is uh, on the spreadsheet. It doesn't go into how I affect it and how I change it with each movie. Like that's what the deep dive episode is going to be about. But if you look on this page, you'll see information about every single part of the spreadsheet proper. In addition, if you go to about spreadsheet and then visual aids, you can see a, a screenshot of every single page on my spreadsheet. Uh, so the series page, films page, directors, writers, actors, genres, etc. Um, I did this yesterday, so these are very current, very up-to-date. A couple of them have been edited, uh, including, let me see if I can, so like the films page is edited to, to hide my top five films from this year, which would be my top, my uh, which will be which are the five films nominated for Best Picture if you look at the Circle of Film Awards for this year, simply to hide the order they're in, so that you don't know what's going to win Best Picture yet, and that can still obviously change between now and February or whenever I put out that episode. But just as a precaution, um, additionally, I edited the Circle of Film Awards page to hide any of the nominees from 2017 because. As you'll look, it's only the 2016 nominees that you can see, and you can also see that the, they are ordered by number, so it's not just who won and who was nominated, I have everything in an order. And as I'm working on the 2015 episode that should come out later this week, uh, I don't want you to have an idea what that is before it's up, and the same thing with 2017. Uh, because I currently know that if the year ended now and if I saw no more 2017 films, I know who wins what award, but I don't want you guys to know that. And yeah, that's that's the visual aids page. You can check that out. Lots of information on that stuff you can look into. So head over to circlefilm.com for all that kind of goodness. And that's uh, that's going to wrap this episode up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So